when I did my two months of Greyhound busing around America, I was told to uh, maybe give Utah a miss. So I did. Oh, oh my God, you were so misled. Dude, yeah, it's Utah is one of the most beautiful states. It is. It is beautiful, and there's yeah. just, there's I, fun stuff to do. I, I was more interested in drinking a lot and getting laid the two months I was in America. So, well, you know, so we, we went down the, Vegas way, the whole time. way down the West Coast. Yeah, I think I think they have a decent uh, male on male community. <laughs> do they? All right, Utah, cool. Okay. So. Well, I wish you. I wish I'd have known you in 2002, so you could have told me that. <laughs> well, that's where all the Mormons are. You could have like more than one wife. Yeah. Why, why, why would I want more than one wife? Yeah, leave it to Scott to point that out. What's up, Houdat Nation, and welcome to the Dome Patrol United Saints Podcast. All right, what's up, Houdat Nation, and thanks for joining us on the Dome Patrol Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff, and in this episode, we're going to talk a little more about the Saints and how <laughs> that's what we do. It's each week, more and more Saints fans across the country are coming over the hump and finally admitting that the championship culture of this organization has disappeared faster than Michael Thomas when it's time to dress out for a game day. And yet the thin line between the bagheads of the 80s and those who think we will be right back in it if, if we could only address this and that and this and that and this and that and this. We'll continue trying to diagnose just what the hell is going on in the building and on the field. I just hope Dennis Allen figures it out before we do. So put your seatbelts on, keep your hands and legs inside your earbuds at all times and enjoy the show. On the show today, we have James, Wesley, and Scott. Jason's got the day off and let's get ourselves started. Um, you know, y'all did the uh, instant reaction with the Cincinnati game, or, with the Arizona game. And uh, at five o'clock in the morning, I just yeah, want to point that out. It's been a week, so the question is, do we skip game recap and go just right into talking Saints general, or do y'all have any more that you need to talk about the Arizona game? I don't think anything specific for the Arizona game. I think everything's kind of, at least for me in general, or stuff we've learned, I guess, since the Arizona game. I don't know, anyone else? Yeah, I'd say my only point on the Arizona game is... Um, been a little bit uh, shocked and kind of disgusted about how uh, not how much of the blame has been thrown on Andy Dalton. Um, I get it that one of the interceptions was not necessarily his fault, um, but he 100% was responsible for taking away three of our points by throwing an interception at the from we are the 10 yard line, and then he 100% gave seven points to Arizona on another one, uh, both two terrible interceptions that were his fault. And this would have had the same game, no matter what else happened around it. And if he threw for 400 yards and threw for four touchdowns, Jameis Winston would have been not forgiven at all ever for a game like this. Um, it's just a, it's, it's a little, it's a little weird and confusing. Um, the stark differences, how he, the two of them have been treated differently by the fan base. I Is, think, is the I difference th that sorry? Is the difference that Jameis Winston 
is supposed to be the starter and Andy Dalton's supposed to be the backup. And so Jameis would get less forgiveness, whereas they're like, yeah, it's just a backup guy. No, I don't think so. I think that, um, and again, I'll, we've said this before on different points. I think that where we might be the kind of fan that watches Saints game and then also when the Saints aren't playing, keeps up with red zone and is semi-familiar with a lot of what's going on in the NFL. I think that most of our fans are not that way. So all a lot of these fans knew about Jameis Winston is he has one season where he threw 30 interceptions. And as far as they're concerned, he does it every year. And that's the one thing you got to watch out for. And so you know, every he could be the worst as bad as it. it yeah, I think, I think it's, mag, it's magnified. Right. Um, you know, a, a, a lot. Um, and I mean, there's a lot that we don't know about uh, Jamison, you know, with the broken back. How much was that affecting him? It looks like a lot. Yeah. Um, it, there was multiple times we saw where he could run for first downs where he was refusing to run and take any chance of sliding or being hit. Um, I think it t- took a lot away from him. And I just, I'll never understand what Andy Dalton has done the last four games to win the starting job. We won one well, game and it was because of Taysom Hill. I well, was, the, just, go ahead, I was just about to say that same thing. I don't know how anybody could have watched what we've done in the past three weeks, four weeks with Andy Dalton at quarterback and suddenly decide, I mean, Dennis Allen has decided that he's now the starter. And, you know, there's no. I, I get it that him. our points have gone up and our yards per game have gone up. Our play calling is completely different than it was for Jameis. We have yeah. established a running game. Uh, well, we've established a running game between the 20s. Definitely yes. not in the red zone. Yeah, we don't yeah, forget uh, that bit. We don't talk to Alvin Kamara or Taysom Hill. They don't exist in the red zone. Um, the, the play calling has 100% improved. Um, it's, just a, it's just a weird thing. And I, I'm, I mean, there's not no a fan of it. it. Jameis Winston has been benched. That, that's, that, that's where we are now. That is where we are. Yeah. And I don't think. I don't and think that's so, fair. So whether they're calling it different because Andy Dalton is the quarterback, I mean, that's in a, in a way that's can be looked at as a good thing and a smart, smart coaching. You're not going to call the exact same game for two guy for two different guys. Uh, they don't necessarily have the exact same skill set. So you will, should call a different game if anything. And I'm just not, I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I just want to point out facts that have been brought up, but the saints under Andy Dalton do score more points per game than they have with injured Jameis Winston. Maybe They've that goes also... into the decision. The offense is scoring more points. The reason we're losing these games, aside from Andy Dalton throwing interceptions and turnovers, is poor defense. I mean, if we said if we can hold other teams to 20 points or less, we will win most, if not all, of our games. And if you look at the last five games... I mean, the Cardinals scored 42. We scored 34, 20 points. We would have won the Bengals. We scored 26. We would have won Seahawks. We won Vikings. They scored 28 or we scored 25. We would have won. So Panthers 22, they would have beat us. And well, they so let's, let's just be fair. The Cardinals offense scored 28 points. Their <laughs> defense scored 14. Okay. But still um, 28. And then, so then, and then another seven of those points were off of an interception that we threw when we were in the red zone, fixing a score. So yep. I, I get now there, our defense gave up the drive back to give that seven, but there's 21 points off of turnovers um, okay. in the, in that game. So, I mean, there's only so much that, that I think that if sco- points are scored off a turnover, there's only so often that a defense can go out and get a quick break and be right back on the field and still be good. And now, don't get me wrong, our defense has not been good. I'm not making an excuse for them. 
but they haven't been put in a situation in Arizona. They weren't helped out at all. Either. So you're, you're saying that the reason we're losing is because the offense has not been good and the defense has not been good. They've, they've both been, I'll, I'll just say our, <laughs> what about our the team hasn't particularly been good either. <laughs> so the we're not a good football team, regardless of how it sounds, the 28 points that our defense gave up in Arizona was enough to win the game. Yep. Yeah. And the, I, you people I, go ahead, Scott. Can I ask Wesley a question? And this isn't mean to, I don't, I'm not, I, I'm honestly curious. I know like, and, and from what we've seen from Dalton hasn't been great. But Wesley was kind of, what's the word I want to use? <clears throat> Maybe anti-Dalton from the beginning. And I'm wondering if there's something that he saw from when, I mean, Wesley lives in the Dallas area. So is there something from what you saw when he was with Dallas that kind of has you kind of against him from the get-go? Is there like a bias against him? Yeah. That you like, did he throw 30 interceptions I, I in think, a season? I, I think a commitment to him as your starting quarterback is a commitment to mediocrity. Um, I loved him as our backup. I was said this was a huge signing for us in the offseason. I thought him being the backup and being a second or third or whatever coach for Winston and a good sounding board. And then if Winston gets hurt or something happens oh, and he needs to play a game and a half or so, he can keep us competitive if he's stepping in against the right team. I, so, so I loved the signing as our backup. If you are committing to him as your 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 uh, your starter. You're committing to mediocrity. Yes, he's going to with our roster. He will play well enough, I guess, at some point to win a game. He hasn't done that yet. Taysom Hill won us our only game. Um, he he can play well enough to win a game. He will also very often play bad enough to to lose a game. Uh, and you're not going to win because of him. Are the things often. are the, so are the things that he's doing bad? <clears throat> and, and obviously, it's the interceptions. It's the, I mean, was it just dumping things off? I mean, short, short very, passing. very short passes. Yeah, I mean, but that was Drew Brees' game too. So he would short passes, especially toward the end, which there's a reason for that. And but is is the reason Andy is mediocre or the mistakes that he's making? I mean, I actually already forgot the question I was going to ask. But <laughs> what what Andy Dalton is doing is what he's always done, and I think Wesley, you use the word mediocre. That that's that's exactly what he will give you. You know, I don't listen to the around the NFL podcast anymore because it does my head in. But they used to have a, a a quarterback scale, and there was the Dalton line. If you were above the Dalton line, you were good. If you were below the Dalton line, you weren't good. So Andy Dalton was the 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 point at which a quarterback was either good or bad. He's, he's the, the white rice of quarterbacks. He will keep you alive. <laughs> he'll, uh, you know, but, but he's not, not but going if you to surround him with a good offense, make you feel satisfied, but like you can make right white rice. Good. If you make a jambalaya out of it, if you surround him with a good offensive line, Alvin Kamara, some good receivers. And no, good no, I, coaching, think, I think, yeah? he, I think he's proven that he infects everything and makes everything around him. white. And again, uh, uh, the title uh, of this show, I mean, rice. We, can go, we can go back to, I mean, when we signed him, I was probably the biggest fan on here yeah. of the signing. Um, for for what what I anticipated it being, um, obviously Jameis didn't start with the way he is. And again, I'm I can't watch the first three games and beat the drum for Jameis, you know, being the starter if Dalton had played what I'd call decent. Um, I just think that he wasn't. I, I, I his his fumble in London 
was yeah. terrible, inexcusable. Yep. Yep. Um, the, the multiple interceptions last week, two of them were absolutely horrible and are the reason we lost the game. Um, or one of the reasons you can blame it on a, multiple things, but those by themselves also lost us the game. And then we've had other games where he didn't do anything with his 5.1 yards per, per pass. You know, with, with, with Dalton, we've got to, and, and Thursday's game was a prime example of this, is we're not expecting him to win the game. We're expecting him not to lose it. And he lost us the game last Thursday. And, and to be fair, maybe, and this maybe is not Dalton's fault, but I do not trust our coaching staff to call a game that our quarterback can't lose. I mean, they're not going to, they're just, they've just proven that clearly not. Yeah, great, great. We can move the ball. We can get lots of yardage. Well, if we're not scoring touchdowns instead of, you know, field goals, then in giving the ball to our best players, like, I just don't, I don't get it. No, no, absolutely not. I, now, you I know, I honestly think that, and this was kind of the issue I had. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I think part of the issue, and, and and this was a problem that I had with keeping the Carmichael, was that the offense he's running is Peyton's offense, but it's built around Drew Brees. To be honest, it's built around his talent level and his intellectual level, and I don't think they've changed that or adjusted that enough to the quarterbacks that we have now. If you look at, like, in college, you'll have a system and you can bring in and recruit a quarterback to fit that system, whereas the pros are a little bit more restricted based on free agency in the draft. And I really don't think that we've structured our offense. Our offense is still structured around what Drew Brees' talent level and not necessarily the talent level of the quarterbacks we have. I don't agree. I don't think we are running the, the, the offense that Drew Brees ran because we are – with the team with the most plays over 40 plus yards through the air this year completed. I think we've got 11 something. I read, I read a stat where we've got three more. But that's late Drew plays. Brees. I'm talking about, you talk about it's, old Drew Brees where he could throw the ball downfield. It's well, it's the best offensive system in football. Um, it shouldn't be because changed. of Drew, because of Drew Brees. Maybe, like, maybe, 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 Brees, before. maybe Drew Brees I mean, had all these amazing stats. Like Drew Brees was accurate. There's reasons that places like San Diego um, and other offenses that are doing really well I mean, or have West done well. It's a style offense, right? It's a derivative of our San Diego's record. Aren't they about to get rid of their coach? Like, and they have a good quarterback. Well, well San Diego doesn't have a team, so. San Diego's one that we, and we, t- we talked about that in the offseason where I predicted them to the Chargers, finish last in their division. Yeah, the Chargers. You know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm at the point now where I fully expect that's where Peyton's going to end up next year. I mean, like a bidding war between them and Denver and Carolina. That'll be very good. I mean, I don't. Char- Scott, the Chargers are out of it, the Chargers good. are four and three. I don't see why they'd fire their coach right now with a winning record the, because the, the because a couple they of the games be. they've won, they've won really bad. They're not performing well. It's it's a. Uh, for... Well, I would take that over what we've gotten in New Orleans. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but we're not we're not in the running for Sean Payton services. No, <laughs> I, I'd no say matter, we are. No matter how bad we finish, I, I would say that we're going to be the most. Uh, the odds are going to be the longest on uh, <laughs> on Sean Payton coaching the Saints next year. Yeah. All right. So um, there's also a bit of a debate or, or a, an issue that some fans are having about why are we not using Taysom in the red zone? Or people are talking about we need to use. One of us even mentioned on the show last week about Alvin Kamara not being used enough in the red zone. 
looked at the stats and in the last three games, at least Kamara's had four touches in the red zone per game. And he's come up with zero touchdowns. Yeah. In the beginning of the season, he was not getting the touches, but in the last three games, he's gotten all these like four, 12, 12 attempts. And he's gotten no touchdowns out of it. So not I very think, many yards either. No. I, and I think that's a little bit of a Kamara thing more than it is a coaching thing, but the Taysom. Yeah. I think Taysom's maybe not used as much in the red zone as one would think. I mean, out of those two guys, you got to wonder how or why are we not using them more as a, in a combined, as a combined effort. The lack of Taysom is baffling. Yeah, it's ridiculous. If we're inside of 10, Taysom should be a quarterback and Alvin Kamara should be behind him. Straight up. And run that like RPO stuff. There's no reason not to. Put put, uh, Taysom back there with Kamara. And then they don't know what to do. Well, I mean, the same thing. Well, I don't know about it wasn't, quarterback. You don't know I mean, the interception do. that Andy Dalton threw against Arizona was a pass to Marcus Callaway going across the middle. Triple covered. I mean, but again, like how many times are you going to give it to Kamara if he's producing zero yards? But how many times has he been in where it's just him in the backfield? Like, and, and Dalton's at quarterback. If you put Taysom a quarterback, then you don't know who to cover. Or like you said, if you put both of them back there, then you don't know what to do. I think you need to uh, possibly just disguise his runs a little more. Has Kamara thrown any interceptions in the red zone? Do you have that stat, Jeff? Nope. Okay, I don't well, believe let's, he let's, has. Let's, let's, let's give him the ball. <laughs> I, th- I think we're all in agreement there that that's what should happen. Keep giving it to Kamara before you give it to Taysom. Give it to Taysom at like the 30 or 40. The, I mean, the 50 and the... That midfield range. I, mean, yeah. I think done good I think ten yards in. I, mean, I think what you'll touchdowns. Yeah, he does. Sorry, Scott. Yeah, I think what you'll find is if Andrews Pete is back this week, you may see an uptick in the run game in the red zone. He is a big part of what the Saints do in the run game. Yeah. The other thing I think some people have also asked. I've seen on Twitter Saints fans talking about. Oh, the Saints, they, they do the all this stuff in the, again, the long range, in the mid range, and then they get to the red zone and they completely change and don't call the same plays they were calling in from the 50, the 40, and the 30. But, I mean, that that's that's football strategy. I mean, you don't call the same plays. There is a thing called the red zone offense. You do come up with a different game plan and different strategy. And just one of those things that kind of bothers me sometimes when fans complain and that, well, you did all these things until you got to the 20 and then you changed your game plan. I, I think that you set yourself up for that when it combines multiple things where one, we have two parts of our offense that are working, which is Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara. And then they don't touch the ball when you get close to the end zone. Um, also, you set yourself up for that when you hand off the ball on second and 10, 90% of the time, which <laughs> is what, and I'm, and I'm, just in case anybody's not sure, I'm not just saying 90% of the time because that's a large number and sounds like, oh, they must be that's, stupid. That's what we're, we're handing doing. off the ball 90% of the time on second and 10 after an incompletion on first down. It's, it, it's, I mean, it's, and it's now it's we're outsmarting them. This we're is, outsmarting them, Wesley. They'll never see it coming. We, we are not outsmarting them. <laughs> and, and like, and now we're talking about, we, we want to say lots of things. Well, now we're seven games in, like we can start actually talking about those kind of stats. I mean, we're seven games in. We're handing off the ball 90% of the time on second and 10. 
Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Do we think that the red zone offense will improve? I, I say when, if, when Michael Thomas is back in the lineup. That, that's got to be. Certainly. Yeah. You know, I mean, Juwan Johnson did a good job. Last multiple, Thursday. multiple reasons. You have a, you're going to have two people on defense keeping an eye on him. Yep. Um, and, you know, it opens up something in the middle or off to the side, whether you're running a sweep to the side or running something up the middle. Um, if he's in the slot, you're going to take a linebacker is going to go help over there. So you're opening up something right in the middle. If he's, you know, going off towards the uh, the pylon, then you can do a sweep to the side over there because you got two people paying attention to him. So there's certainly um, or you know what? You could throw the ball to throw him. the ball to him. Yeah. <laughs> Even if he's double covered, you just it, throw it the ball in to week him. one. Um, Is there any Andy chance he plays sure. this week? Michael Thomas? Yeah. No. Well, well, I mean, why would he? He's getting paid not to play. We, we went through did this we last week, right, Scott? Did we get an injury playing. report today? Have we had an injury report? We did. Today? He was he was in uniform at practice for the portion that was that was uh, the media was there for, but then he was officially put as DNP or did not practice um, today. Right. Him, okay. Jarvis Landry, um, were out. Uh, Andrews Pete and Paulson Adebo were both listed as limited. So Landry, famous oh. was listed as a full practice. So Landry is absolutely being mentored by Michael Thomas. Something and <laughs> following so in his footsteps. Talk about our medical staff and all. I mean, Jarvis got hurt, came back and played a game, and now is out four or five weeks with the same injury. So clearly he shouldn't have come back and played the game he did. Um, I, that I'm was that not, was London, not, wasn't it? Not that going to believe that he came back and uh, you know he did play the London game. Hurt a different thing. Uh, and what's the Lattimore injury? The the ribs or the back or something? Ab- abdomen is what it says on the injury report. Mm-hmm. Believe we've heard that it has something to do with his kidney. What? How long is that going to be? We don't know. Could be. Could be any time. Like uh, we would. Ex- he's one of those in the same thing that if um, he doesn't return this week, next week looks like a good possibility. Don't right. you have two of those? Can't they just take that one out? Apparently, you need them. Uh, uh, what about? Pete? I mean, it, well, if it, we that's can... actually the one that's on the side where he keeps his holster, so uh, it's a little sensitive area for him. He's so. used to having some extra protection there. So. Andrews Pete I mean, was limited today. If we can just find a way to win, like the Bucks are playing. Uh, who the fuck are they playing? I don't remember. Um, Good and point. Then the... They're playing. They're playing the. The, the Ravens tomorrow night. Okay, they're playing the Ravens. The Ravens could absolutely win that game the way the Bucs are playing. Plus, it's a Thursday night game. And then Carolina's playing Atlanta. So, I mean, we could be tied for first if we win this fucking game. That's insane. That is insane. Dumpster fire. <laughs> no, it's a trash fire that is thrown in a dumpster fire that is thrown in a forest fire. Miss the tire fire bit, man. Oh, the tire fire in there too, right? Yeah. Um. Okay, so you are in charge of the New Orleans Saints. What are you doing about the rest of the season? About twenty twenty three, like how do you get how do you get back to the winning culture, and how long does it take to do that? Fire well, DA is the only thing, it's the only option you have right do you now. You see him through the season, or are you going to fire him mid season? No, I see him through the season, but 
you can't you can't we've talked about it before we don't have the salary cap where we can start trading players or getting rid of people and having any kind of fire but why do like, you why does why is trading players a big popular thing um what does that do for you I mean, well, we have we have a roster of players of t- potential. The potential that exists on this roster is a Super Bowl caliber. The problem isn't the players. The problem is that the coaches aren't getting. They're not. They're not reaching potential. I, I don't like this idea. The, some of it of is the players. Getting rid Look of at players. Michael Thomas. I mean, all right, Michael him. Thomas. Him, but like, I mean, like what Jason has said in the past is like sell the farm. No, we can't. We can't do it. Like, we don't have the capital to do it. The only reason why you would do it is to get draft picks at this point to try to build with younger people. I mean, and with the age of the team is, it's, you know. But you don't have a coaching staff that can coach. That's why the first thing I said was fire DA. Fire DA or ask him to take a step back to D.C. That's <laughs> Send him to Washington? <laughs> Well, yeah. That's where all but, disgraced NFC South coaches go. It seems to be, doesn't it? But, you know, it, it, it's it's pretty clear now that defensive coordinator for the Saints is probably his peak. Um, uh, My first thing is I'd name Jameis as my starting quarterback no matter what happens the rest of the year for multiple reasons. Um, One, and it's not really about winning or losing because if right now our focus is Hey, let's come back from last in the worst division in football and make the playoffs. That's a that's a weird plan because there's nothing we've done to prove that we're going to win seven games the rest of the way. Um, and you have to believe that probably Tampa Bay figures a few things out. Um, at some point, they could go on a on a on a, on a run. Um, I, I start Jameis Winston because either way, it lets us know what we have for next year. Right now, he's under contract for next year. We need to know for sure, without a doubt, if when healthy, he should be our quarterback next year um, or if whatever it takes to, to move on from him, we just completely move on from him. Um, and the only way to do that is him playing. Andy Dalton is not our, our starting quarterback next year if we're trying to be competitive. Now, if we're just, okay, we're in full rebuild, put somebody in there that's going to be the starting quarterback all year, maybe it's Andy Dalton who we, we throw in there to, to lose a bunch of games and get a good 2024 draft pick. Um, Jameis is not that guy. He's if you think you can win. Um, But also with a defense that isn't playing well, Jameis does give you the best chance to score more points. Um, He he can move the ball downfield. He showed he can score 17 points in four minutes. I mean, he at least has the option of doing that. Um, And and we got to know what we have there. And if Jameis is terrible, we got a really high second round pick that we can – you know, spend on a quarterback. Yeah, I I agree with that. Winston's got to be the quarterback so we know what whether we need to. And to be clear, I am not in charge of the Saints and the Saints are not starting Jameis Winston for the rest of the season. (laughs) Well, that's the funny thing is, right, you say all these things and then you look at what the coaching staff has made, has decided, and they are going with Andy Dalton which only reinforces a lot of people's opinions that this is an incompetent coaching staff. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the biggest thing is if this is the truth where Jameis just can't process defenses and make this decision um, in which I don't know that my whole thing is based on, he shouldn't have been named our quarterback after being here for two years. If he can't do that. 
So for me, when he won the quarterback competition last year and then was signed and automatically named the starter this year, I just accepted that over two years, he proved to us that he at least has the minimal understanding of playing the position and can process defenses. But they did aggressively pursue Deshaun Watson and they did pursue other quarterbacks to replace Jameis. It was only after they had no other options that they committed to him. Sure. And I don't um, fault them for that because I mean, a player like Watson is, is a unique talent um, that no matter who you have, but there was other options out there of people that we, that we know can process defenses. I mean, at that point, if you know that Jameis Winston can't do it, well, you bring in Matt Ryan or you bring in Andy Dalton to be your starter and you just commit like, hey, let's see what the best we can get out of this guy is. But you don't sign Jameis to a two-year, $28 million deal if he, if in two years he hasn't proven to you that he can read defenses. Hmm. Then you're starting to wonder about our scouting team and you start to wonder about our GM's front office kind of decision-making. I mean, they're just very, very freely writing checks. Well, another other thing we talked about this year is like, you can go down the entire NFL and, and I'm talking about if you're being really picky with, well, they got a second year guy that's unproven or they've got a veteran that's being terrible, not figuring in, well, they just signed this veteran to a three-year contract. There's half the teams in the NFL that should at least have a conversation in their office about whether or not they should be pursuing a quarterback, whether that's a starter or a young guy to develop. There's, and I can make an excuse for 17 teams that should be like, at least let's have a conversation about if we want to be competitive this year. And if we want to be competitive two years from now is who we have now our quarterback. I mean, there's going to be a very competitive now, whether that's, you know, free agent veterans to back up young guys or hold the way until a young guy develops, or if it's people drafting, there's going to be some quarterback movement this year. It looks like. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, you, you look at San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo was available this year. He's going to be available next year. New England have sneakily got themselves a bit of a quarterback controversy. I think one of those two quarterbacks probably isn't going to be in New England next year. That's just two off the top of my head. Indianapolis is probably going to be moving on from Matt Ryan. 100%. They're, oh, well, they did. Yeah. Well, sorry, they already have. But <laughs> yeah. And, and there's still excuses. Oh, Matt, and to me, make, like Matt Ryan will never start in the NFL again after like, this. Washington's going to need a quarterback. Detroit needs a quarterback. Chicago, a couple of weeks ago, Justin Fields is, I, I want to say, quote unquote, played better. But Chicago's leadership was not Ooh. a big Justin Fields fan just a few weeks ago. Daniel Jones can still play himself out of a job in the, for the Giants. Yeah, Zach yeah. Wilson could play terrible, even though the Jets are winning. They're not winning because of Zach Wilson. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a there's a there's a lot of things. I mean, yeah, Geno Smith is a free agent after this year. What if I mean, again, Geno Smith has Gino been train. an awesome story for seven weeks. Geno Smith could all of a sudden become Geno's the old Geno Smith again and not ever play quarterback again after the season. I mean, there's there's a there's a lot of different things. I mean, Denver just traded everything in the world for Russell Wilson and signed him to a big deal. I don't know how much of that is, um, you know, guaranteed. I know he doesn't have a Deshaun Watson guarantee, but Denver might be having a conversation right now about, well, we've got to pay this guaranteed money until blank. And then that's not our quarterback anymore. I mean, there's Tampa Bay is not going to have Tom Brady next year. Atlanta definitely needs a quarterback at some point. Now they drafted some guys, but they drafted guys in the second, third and fourth round that aren't good. I mean, that aren't surefire, you know, there's just a there's a bunch of weird stuff going on with quarterbacks. 
Yeah, there's a definite lack of top tier I mean, quarterbacks San, in the San Diego, league Cincinnati, Green and Bay. Cleveland are pretty locked in. I mean, Green Bay's not looking good. I mean, they just they they committed the guaranteed 150 million dollars to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's that's a big one. He, he he's, he's calling out he, his players, saying that some of them shouldn't even be in the NFL. <laughs> well, Aaron Rodgers has hit the clip. Is is. hit the cliff he's on the edge of the cliff and is about to go over it he found it (laughs) (laughs) i got there in the end yeah all right that's what she that's what she said that's what you say that's what she said one more time i'm gonna pop you okay let's move uh, ahead into saints preview All right, this, uh, this week features the Raiders at the Saints with the Raiders coming in, winning two of their last three games. Uh, they're scoring 32-plus points in both of their victories. They're averaging 33 points in their last three games, which is actually tied with New Orleans for the best average over that stretch. Uh, the difference is obviously that the Saints have allowed an NFL worst 34.7 points per game over their last three games. Uh, they're constantly giving the ball to their opponents, then leading the league with 16 turnovers, seven fumbles lost, nine interceptions. So uh, the Raiders are also the f- team with the fewest takeaways in the league. So maybe there's a little bit of hope for the Saints. <laughs> Probably not. This is where the Raiders catch up with the rest of the league. Uh, so a lot of people are saying the Saints offense is too disorganized. It's too banged up. And that uh, we're going to lose this one, too, because the Raiders are actually fixing their early problems, whereas the Saints are still s- swimming in the swamps. I mean, the, Agree? The Raiders disagree? A, the Raiders have a good offense. I mean, they have good players. Um, you know, Jacobs, uh, Devontae Adams, Waller, I think, maybe out this week, which he's always killed us in the past. So if he's not in, that probably helps us. Um, you know, a lot of our injuries too are on defense. We just put Roby on IR. Uh, not sure if Lattimore is going to play. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's it's a coin toss, as far as I'm concerned, as we if we win this or not. I expect like a pretty big game from Alvin Kamara this week. Um, Las Vegas bring brings out the most aggressiveness and aggressive side of Alvin Kamara, <laughs> and I predict that he uh, finally punches his way into the end zone this week. So, Doesn't uh, kick his way in there, I no? Could, I could, I could see. Uh, he curb stomps his way. He's gonna take the elevator to the top of his talent and uh, punch his way in. So, and I thought this week was gonna have a Halloween theme. <laughs> I think, I think not having Lattimore with uh, Devonte Adams on the other side of the field is a bit of a concern for me, because. Um, uh, Lattimore's played well against Adams in the times he's come up against him um, in the past. Um, and he is one of the top three receivers in the league. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So that's that's a bit of a concern. Um, and again, we, we, we talk about this every week, but the pass rush has got to start getting home. It, it, it's, it's the biggest disappointment on the team, I think, is the fact that our defensive line with all those first round draft picks is just not, it's just not creating sacks. And I think, I think, Wesley, I think it was you that was said that, you know, the the game plan and Dennis Allen said that he's not been crazy with his pass rush because the secondary is weak. 
well, surely that is a reason why you should go crazy with your pass rush to make sure that the secondary isn't then more incompetency. Or well, the, the good news, <laughs> the good news is um, Carr can, he's thrown four interceptions this year and they've only played six games. So, I mean, he can throw the ball to the, to the other team. Um, and then uh, you, the big concern right now, uh, Josh Jacobs has over 600 yards rushing in only six games. Yeah. Um, he, um, I think through six games was leading the, the league. So, um, where our, our team has not done great against the, the rush this year. So there's a real opportunity for Josh Jacobs to exploit that and, um, maybe, maybe stop Carr from throwing interceptions because they can just run all over us. Yeah. Well, this is just the most exciting saints preview segment we've ever had. I mean, having, <laughs> having said that, I mean, it, they're, let's then they're not a good team they're two and four um they've uh definitely they did blow out the texans um but they've uh, they only lost and, to kansas city by one point well i mean they're they're, they're two wins with the texans and the broncos who right. are complete dumpster fires and they, they were always one point away play the chiefs city. close it's a division game like i said earlier we just have to find a way to win like whatever it is we just need to find a way to win like we did like, against seattle Yes. You mean literally like we should run Taysom Hill? Yes. Inside the 10, Taysom Hill every time. Kamara Hill in the backfield every time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean I know I, it. It, it does come down. I mean, at the end of the day, if you look at the way we played, if there's one thing you can change on each side of the ball, defense just tackle better. Offense don't turn the ball over. That's how you win this game. There's two things you need to do in this game. Tackle and turnovers. The crazy stat that I saw this week, <clears throat> excuse me, was that we're, we're 17th in missed tackles in the NFL this year. It, it seems a lot worse than that. But then is that because we're used to the Are team you sure being... that's not 17 missed tackles per play? No, 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 no. Yeah. James, I looked at that. Apparently, so the NFL is kind of picky on what they call a missed tackle officially. Oh, okay. So there was like a game um, a couple weeks ago, and I know Nick Underhill does his own thing on missed tackles, where officially we had eight missed tackles, and I think he had 14. Um, <laughs> right, he, okay. So he was keeping up with his own. There's like, if you dive at somebody and don't touch them, it's not That's a missed, a missed tackle. tackle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's like a weird kind of... <laughs> All I'm to going to say chat. is the last couple like, of games... Look there was like one where Matthew follies. did terrible, but it wasn't officially a, a missed tackle. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, we look like a football follies highlight reel at this point sometimes. There's been a few plays like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it... <laughs> I mean, I'll just say, like, things things that we, we can fix. If, if you tell me that the biggest problem with the New Orleans Saints is a tackling issue, I feel really good about us being able to correct that uh, in a relatively um, understandable amount of time. And by that, I mean before the game against the Raiders. Um, we do have veterans that have proven they can tackle. Um, and we've got some some younger guys who, who are athletic and are um, physical. So I believe there's, a, there's definitely a way to, to, to fix that. The problem is, is that we're now at the point where players are stepping up and leading meetings and calling each other out. If that doesn't fix it, it's going to be unhealthy versions of calling each other out really quick. Yeah. 
I mean, there was a time when the Saints had some problems tackling and the the solution was to remove the defensive coordinator and bring Dennis Allen back in as a defensive coordinator. And that's what fixed the problem. Right. And we keep pointing the finger, the buck stops at Dennis Allen, but maybe the real problem with our defense isn't the fact that Dennis Allen is our head coach. I mean, like it is ind- indirectly, but it's the fact that maybe Richard and Nielsen are not good it's not a it's not the right decision. I'm not saying that they wouldn't make good defensive coordinators independent of each other, but there's certainly this co shit ain't working. Let's like ball up and make a guy. You're in charge. You're not grow up. That's the way it's going to be. So we've got co-defensive coordinators with Dennis Allen still calling the defensive plays, right? So you have three fucking defensive coaches and you've got one of the worst defenses in the league and you've got three people at the top. And it goes back. If you've got three people in charge, you've got no people in charge. And this defense is undisciplined because nobody's in charge. That's your problem with the defense. And they've had, what, almost two weeks, a week and a half or whatever to look in the mirror. And I guarantee you, they'll never admit that because their egos won't let them do it. And so I got very little confidence that they're going to fix the defensive problems. Offensive problems? That's a turnover thing, maybe. I don't know. I mean, we've had that debate, whether it's coaching or players or combination of both or whatever. At the end of the day, fucking hold on to the ball. Protect the ball. I mean, that's football. Don't throw it to the other team. Yeah. I mean, I get like the, 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 the tip and the ball goes crazy and the defense is in the right position. That's one thing. But, I mean, there's been some direct passes to the wrong team. Damn. Maybe Andy Dalton needs LASIK. All right, score predictions. Who has one to go first? I mean, I'll go uh, Saints. You know what? I think the offense does score a nice chunk this week because they have been. So I'll say Saints uh, 31, Raiders. Don't you go... dare say 28. No, uh, I'm going to say 38. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. I'll do well, Saints, Saints, Saints 31, 30. I never predict the Saints to lose. Saints 31, uh Raiders 27. Saints 33, Raiders 30. Big Nuts oh. Lutz kicks the last second field goal to win the game. So we've all got this as a bit of a high scoring game, which will be entertaining for some at least some reason. <laughs> In the meantime, let's now let's do pick 'em. It's all about the king for like the rest. Your failure is my success It's all about control We make it I will deliver the pain You can't take it So, uh, alright, we're in Pick'em's here And I have been uh, Caught up with By James Jason and DeMail Man, we are all in a four-way Tie for first place at 23 and 12 Second place uh, Big Easy Guy John, and then Mark Brennan, then Wesley, Ben Drummer, Jambalaya Brothers Mr. Coach Klein, and Scott And then next here Is J.A. Orella Finally we get to the 500 club And that's Paul Perrette, underneath we're in the Losers bracket, or the losing record bracket We got Allie Gibbs, Sans Hobbs Tom Ensign, Christian Mino Neil, Trevor Bruno And then the people who have missed too many games Farmer, PX Saber, and Wayno And even still they are At the bottom of the list Yeah, We're all over 500 aren't we, all six of us uh, James, are. Jason, and Jeff Wesley, and Scott, yeah Yeah, unheard of And Ben, yep 
Unheard of. All right, what's our game? Wonder what the cat week? is. Who's wonder taking care? Is. All <laughs> right, so we uh, we do have pickums this week. Um, I'll be taking over for Jason, who's not with us. Um, so first game is going to be the Denver Broncos versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a London game. Is lucky us. Jacksonville is giving up two and a half points. Both of these teams are two and five. I am going to go with Jacksonville because they are comfortable playing at home. Yeah, I am I, also going to go with Jacksonville. I am also going with Jacksonville, London. It is a clean sweep. Jacksonville. Um, our next game is the New England Patriots, who are uh, maybe going to start a new quarterback. They at least uh, pulled Mac Jones um, playing the New York Jets. Um, this is a Jets home game. Patriots are three and four. Jets are five and two. Um, the Jets are getting one and a half points. This is the weirdest spread I've ever seen in my life. This shows that, I don't know. I think it's the injuries that the Jets, the Brees Hall has gone out for the season. One of their offensive linemen has gone out for the season. Um, they get, get Robinson. I think they did for James Robinson. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah. I'm some, pe- some people just call him Robinson because it's such a unique name and think that everybody's going to know who they're talking about. Um, I'm going to take the Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Give me the Jets, too. I'm on the Jets as well. That's a Jets four-way. Right. <laughs> Did Jason send his picks in yet? No. No. Okay. The, the, the fact that all four of us have gone for the Jets can never have happened before in picks. Uh, against right? New sure. England, no less. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you're giving the Jets points. That's the weird thing about this. Yeah. So the next game, we have the six and one New York Giants. The mighty Giants are going to Seattle to face the four and three Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are giving up three points. That's another one. You're giving the Giants three points. I don't get it. I actually bet the Giants last week and won money on FanDuel. I'm taking the Giants again. Same. You like Geno Smith? Yeah, Uh, I think I do. Give me me Seattle, please. I'm I'm taking (laughs) Seattle. Um, I think Barkley's probably going to have an enormous game, but I think Daniel Jones screws this up. Yeah, Seattle. All right. Finally got a split. The next game we have is the San Francisco 49ers, who are three and four, going all the way to Los Angeles to face the Rams, who are (laughs) three and three. The Rams are getting one and a half. San Francisco owns LA. Give me the 49ers. Is this a game that's going to determine whether or not anyone's going to make it in the playoffs? In the playoffs? This (laughs) This is the matchup that screwed us last year. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did. Yeah, no. San, San Francisco have won eight in a row in regular season against the Rams. I don't think uh, Shanahan's lost to McVay. The Rams are due. I'm taking the Rams. Yeah, I'm going to take the 49ers. I think Christian McCaffrey has been there for eight days now. He he is going to probably have an enormous day against the Rams. I am also taking San Francisco. They burned me last week, but uh, I think they own the Rams as well. And when Seattle loses, San Francisco wins. They end up getting on top of that division. And then we have our shitty game of the week. Here we go. Piece of shit. 
piece of shit car That fucking pile of shit Never gets me very fun which, I mean, honestly, any of these could have probably just about besides Seattle Giants. So we have the three and four Washington Commanders going to Indianapolis to face the three, three and one Colts. The Colts are giving three points. And they're losing Matt Ryan. They and lost the, well, Ryan. I would say they have they have not lost him. They know exactly where he is. He's <laughs> on the bench. The Colts will be starting Sam Ellinger, who was not even a good quarterback in college. He's now going to be their starter. All right, I'll go first on this one. I'm taking the points. Washington. Taking the Redskins. They're not a football team. I said what I said. Well, she did. <laughs> This is I'm gonna take the, I'm one. gonna take the Colts. It's in it's in India. It is in Indianapolis, yeah. correct. Give me the Colts. All right, that's your picks. Uh Wesley, you want to read them up real quick? Give ready a recap. Yep. We've got uh Denver at Jacksonville. Um Jacksonville in or in London. Uh Jacksonville giving up two and a half. We have the Patriots and the Jets. The Jets getting one and a half points. We have the Giants at Seattle. Si- Seattle giving up three. We have the San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams. Rams plus one and a half. And they have Washington at Indianapolis. Indianapolis minus three in our shitty game of the week. There you go. Can we just call this the shitty week of the year? Shitty week of the game? This is is pretty awful. (laughs) That's the NFL this year. So uh, that's uh, to get your pickups in, everybody send it to us. Hashtag pickums. When I like them, I recorded them and I'll post the results every Monday. Uh, we don't do Thursday games. We don't do Monday night games. That leads us to final thoughts. Uh, Scott, I'll let you go first this week. What do you got? Um, Tigers had a big win against Ole Miss last week. Jaden Daniels finally uh, playing like he thought he could. And um, have a bye this week and gearing up for Bama next week. Uh, I didn't really want to have hope this early in the Brian Kelly area, but I do. So, um I don't know. We'll see what we can do against Bama. Is that Bama game in Tiger Stadium? It is. Six o'clock night game. So good. Midnight your time, James. You got to stay up and watch it. Oh, I will. Don't worry. Go Tigers. <laughs> I will. All right. I will. All right. Uh, James, final thoughts. Um, well, considering Jason's not here, it would be remiss of me not to mention the Pelicans knocking off the Mavericks last night with three starters uh, missing. So uh, I think, I think, I think Jason was quite pleased. He texted me at what my time was 20 to four this morning saying how happy he was that the, 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 the Pelicans had won the game. <laughs> I think he forgot that it was 20 to four in the morning for me, but anyway, um, good start from the Pelicans. You know, they, they, they lost the game to the jazz, which was inexplicable really, but then the it's jazz started, started really well. Um, weren't expected to win that game last night with um, Zion, B.I. and uh, Herb Jones all all missing through injury, so shows the depth um, in uh, in the team for the Pels. Uh, and bodes well for the season. So, uh, yeah, go Pels. All right. And Wesley, final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I realize this wasn't a very positive, necessarily Saints-themed uh, podcast, but, I, I mean, I'll just say, like, I know Scott did say we're, you know, one game ahead of first place if we can win this week and certain teams lose. Somebody's going to win this damn division. Um, the talent that our roster has it's not with just all young players um it is with veterans who i believe can um come together when healthy and we can 
there's a chance we can go on a run. And I mean, there's probably going to be an eight win team, nine wins, a hundred percent wins this division, um, but probably an 18 eight, eight win team that's going to end up winning this division. So, um, you know, we, we are close enough to where our destiny is in our own hands. So um, let's get healthy. Let's see what can happen. Never know. Well, the key is getting healthy, and uh, that's the, that's the other part that I don't know that, sure. if that's possible. So, I'm going to win this week. Hope you're right. That's all the show we have for you right now. We're going to thank our loyal listeners for downloading each week, telling all of your friends about the Don't Patrol podcast. Follow us on Facebook. Just look for Don't Patrol Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Don't Patrol PCast and at Don't Patrol UK. If you want to participate in game day chat, DM us on Twitter to get an invitation to our Don't Patrol Discord server. And of course, if you want to listen to us the really old-fashioned way, go to Don't Patrol Podcast.com. Say bye-bye, donkeys. Bye-bye, James Winston as our starter donkey. Good night. Good night, Nate. We're going to rock this town. Rock it inside out. We're going to rock this town. Make them scream and shout. Yeah.